0: My introduction to Phoenix Comics started with Jalisco, continued with Santa, and is now completely invested with Lokita, which is why it was an absolute thrill for me to sit down with creator, founder of Phoenix Comics, Caden Phoenix. Caden, again, now that we're actually recording, thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for all your support already as well.
0: Oh, it's been a pleasure. Now, there was a a request suggested to me that I went ahead and and followed. And I love to point out that I don't usually wear v-neck, but I look good in this one. And uh, I I think other people will too. So.
1: Thank you. You You do look very good. And and whoever suggested that is very, very cool and smart. And so I appreciate that too.
0: (laughs) They are very cool and smart. And and that's the best thing. You never know who you're going to run into. And I got a chance to you know, be introduced to Phoenix Comics through DC Comics News and yeah. the offering of, uh, you know, checking out Jalisco and then hearing from uh, one of my compatriots about his experience reading Santa. And then he actually messaged me not long before we started talking saying, have you read Laquita And I was like, no, actually I haven't. And he goes, check it out when you get a chance. It's it's working with some really great themes. And I think I think you should, you know, give it a read since you like Jalisco. And then I spoke with you and then I was like, okay, I have to now. And I I do agree. I love the themes. I'd love to talk about them. but to sort of frame our conversation, I want to start with something that while we were setting up this chat, you said to me, and it felt like a really great way to start this conversation. And it was, you said, I was taught when I was small to jump in the deep side of the pool. (laughs) And I would love to hear the story behind that and then move us into everything else. Everyone's going to enjoy hearing. So where did that come from? Who did that come from? What's your earliest memory of it?
1: Literally, my mom threw me in the pool when I was really small. Like it's not a lie. Um, I know it's a quote, but it's literally true. I remember I used to live in San Diego when I was really, really small. And like we obviously we had like, you know, the like I want to say community center or whatnot, but like I used to swim like actual like freestyle, not just like paddle around, but like actually swim when I was like four. And then when I started swimming, um competitively swimming when I was six, like. Like a swim team you know and going to swim meets and i can always i can do four strokes and relay races all that jazz but like my mom is the reason why i'm so like gung-ho pretty much on everything because like i started playing piano when i was four because she not to say she made me, but like my grandma <laughs> cut me like a little, you know, little like um, chopsticks or whatever, like little duets. My grandpa and I always do duets. And the mom's like, great, here's a piano, you know, or, or we had a baby grand. Um, just, so it's just like, here, go to lessons here, go to recitals, you know, and then five soccer six was actually swim team competitively, you know, and I just kept going. So I always had sports and activities at the same time. And of course, my grades. Um, and so like, it's that like you get thrown into the pool, you have to or, you know, you have to swim. You got no chance. You know, you got no choice, uh, and that's kind of the way I preach. Approach with everything, like my my comics. Like I self publish. I do everything. I teach myself if I don't know, which I don't know a lot, but I do teach myself and I research, you know. And you get the good team around you, like all oh, my artists. You know, like they get all the praise. The colorist is amazing. My pencilers are amazing. Like, That's why I look so good. You know, I'm the writer, so I get the third, you know, the tertiary compliment. But like first, it's, <laughs> it looks pretty. I like the colors, which are my artists, uh, you know? And so like, it's that you do your research, but you also get a great team that also supports you and is under, you know, the same impression. Like we want the same, we have the same meaning. We want the same, you know, equality.
0: I, I agree. And, and while it might get a tertiary, I do believe that there, because I come from the writing side of things, I'm often describing when I'm writing a review or talking about something, it's the story. That's magnified by so many other things. So that was what really captured me about both uh, Jalisco and then Santa, and then uh, with Boquita. So I, I I was immediately drawn in by that because you got to hold me, like it's like movies. I love beautiful, pretty stuff, but if there isn't a reason for me to keep watching it, I sort of go, but why? And <laughs> that can, that can be the big <laughs> that could be the big challenge. So I, I love the stories you've been crafting, and I'm curious. How then uh, to, to sort of introduce, where is it that Phoenix Comics came from? Was there like a starting point where you could look back and just sort of say, well, I started drawing or reading comics, or I, I knew I wanted to do something with expression and this seemed like a great medium. I, I'm curious how that started, if you can recall, and if yeah. not, we'll, we'll work it all out.
1: A few years ago. So I come from writing and directing in the film industry, very independent, but writing and directing. And so I, as a writer, you know, in my head, like a screen, I was like, okay, what can I, if I have any movie up on the big screen, what would it be? And my first thought was Latino superhero, right? And for obvious reasons, didn't explain that part. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to write a a Latino superhero, you know, script, a feature length script so I can pitch it and hopefully it gets made. And so that was my first one. I was like, okay, I can do that. And then second, I was like, okay, if I make more than one like five superheroes I increased my chances that one of them will get on the big screen you know and so like that was my next one I was like okay if they're five they're in the same universe if they're in the same universe they're a team and it just kind of progressed like that and so I literally so I wrote out my two length script. I thought of all five you know the order how you school my first one and so I read out the script I shot a sizzle which is like a short film so I can use to pitch and then everyone that I showed the film to they asked me if there was a comic book like every single person which you know is a nice compliment and every single person I said no, right? Because there is no comic, and I don't come from comics. I don't read comics at that time, at least. And so I come from film and TV, mainly film. And so that's my like, that was my intro. It's like, okay, so many people are asking me, right? That's a truth by consensus. Like, that means I should have a comic book because so many people expect a comic because of, you know, because of her pow- powers, but her skill about the blades and the dress, you know. And so that's, that's how I started. So I was like, okay, great. I'll make a comic. So research comic versus graphic novel, you know, and you go through the numbers, like also business besides the creative, but the business side of it, because volume wise, I can't do single issues because I don't, you know, I'm not Marvel DC. I can't get every single person across the U.S. in the comic book stores, but I, for graphic novel makes sense because I can translate my feature length script, which is like 90 pages to 60 pages. And so I did that, you know, and so graphic novel, and I'm like, okay, what do I need? Same thing, research, it's just research, okay, pencil, or ink, or colors, letters, editor, I'm the editor, and so, like, you just go through all the list of what you have to do, and then you go out and do it, um, and that's, same thing, Let's to get thrown into the pool, because I did Mahali school, and like, honestly, it's every one of us, I'll show you all the, all of my artists, which are amazing, but you see, like, there's like seven or eight of us and every single one of us that was our first graphic novel except for one except for my inker but like everyone else that's our first and so i was like great we did good do the next one santa santa looks better more more crisp now i'm not saying that's a better story or better anything but it looks more crisp because that's my second book right and like it just keeps getting better and better You like when you see ruka ruka is the fourth one the next one being made so one two three four she's She's the one that did this one. Now you can see the glare. So, there you uh, go. so you'll see a, a crisper um, art style because this is Amanda that did these two. Eva Capitana did these two, and this is a new penciler. And so, like you're gonna see it when you see it. She care. She looked at the lines like saying Everyone's gr- we all growing, which is part of it. So so you'll see how her her evolution of drawing as well because Amanda comes from animation I come from film industry from live action right we all come from different places Eva's the only one that comes from comics like she knows comics of course but you know uh, all my colorists come from animation as well and books they do a lot of like characters like books like children's books so we all come from somewhere but anyway we're under we all have the same meaning and reason why we're doing it and so we collaborate very well.
0: Wow, that's quite a beginning. Um, I, I love the development of the, uh, the sizzle. That's not something I'm familiar with. I'm, I've got my own category of cool, which is on this side of uncool, and I'm fine with that. But um, as soon as you said that, I was like, ah, that's, a, that's a nice little ring to it. Um, and I love the idea of presenting that, because it reminds me when I was at a writing program, uh, we were lucky enough to have the, uh, the writer, I always forget his name, and then I go back and I remember it, but he wrote LA Confidential. And he came and he was talking to us about the fact that, you know, so often with the movie projects, they would go back to the source material. Oftentimes it was a script, but if there was a book before a script, they would look at that as well because he said that was the source. And they wanted to have like a, a base to work off of. So I'm intrigued that when you were presenting, you know, this sizzle, that they're going, oh, okay, well, is there a source that goes with it? Like what's it based off of? And and I'm intrigued because. What he told me at that time, I mean, me, this entire group, while he was talking about it, you know, it was an interesting thing for me to keep in mind because he was encouraging, like, look, people are going to tell you to, to pursue these different avenues, but get something down on paper, whatever you end up doing, put it down on paper and then build off of that. And that could be a reference point. You sort of skipped that step uh, <laughs> to a degree. I mean, you, you had a script that was created for visual and, and the medium, of course, being like TV, film. But then when you looked at it in a different approach, you were able to translate it into comics. So I got a kick out of that idea, you know, that everyone's going, where's the comic that go with it? And you're like, we said there had to be. Really? Okay. Well, now that you you keep asking me about it, I think it's a pretty neat idea. And then the evolution from, well, why one character when I could do five? And then also, you know, you're playing the odds here, which I, I totally get, um, During many parts of a freelance career, it's really common to like, how many irons can I get out in the fire and which one's going to, you know, kick up and get going. And and through that process, you create this universe. Do you remember how far back this started that you were like in TV and film and you were working on um, this idea and then it evolving into the comics? Has it been very rapid, like just, you know, a very short period of time in your estimation or how would you define it as far as how it feels?
1: Well, for Jalisco, everyone got contracted, meaning all my artists got contracted, where well, they're all on six-month contracts, uh, January of 2019. So roughly a couple of, I mean, for sure two years. I don't count last year as anything, but two years for sure. Um, and so I started a little bit right before that, you know, so late 2018 is when I shot everything, and I, you know, did my sizzle and my short.
0: And did you see yourself... Uh, I mean, with that sizzle, because I, I remember one of the things that caught my attention the most. Sorry, sometimes I like, I know what I'm saying, but I have to look at this invisible screen just off to my left <laughs> or right. And then the words appear and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> when I'm when I'm thinking about that, I'm reminded of the fact that uh, with Jalisco, what caught me immediately was that there was a message very early. Was that Was that part of the sizzle approach too? Was there a message involved in that theatric film version that
1: well, Sizzle, so the purpose of Sizzle, that's a three minute short film. So it has a beginning, middle, end, but the purpose of a Sizzle for this particular one is to show her powers. So okay. here's, you know, if I say flocorico and you don't know what that means, that's okay because you'll see her moving, you'll see her dancing, doing the olas, like, which is the waves or her dress. And you'll see her go like this and the blades will come out, right, you know? And so you'll you'll understand, oh, that is her power, if you power, you know? And so it's a visual and like the story, this three-minute short film sizzle it's not what you see in the book it has nothing to do with the book because that's the origin story is the book this is okay here's a you know slice of life a little clip of what she can do let me understand her personality let me understand you know what she does what she goes after yeah you know obviously her skill
0: and then so when did the message uh, get folded in because you're addressing a really powerful topic you know i I was stunned when I was looking at it and doing research, it was like, okay, yeah, if you do look it up, this is a horrifying story that Mm -hmm. so many women are going missing and and why have I not heard about it more? Why is it that I'm hearing about it through a comic book? Um, Which is amazing that I am, but I was curious when, was there an immediate intention for that Um, when you started writing this story Mm -hmm. and um, more about how that was was part of what I feel is a really powerful component to your, your comics
1: so when i first started my first five i gave them their names and their powers powers because two of them don't have powers two of them have skills but i gave them the names and the powers and their heritages so you know jalisco is from mexico so she's my mexicana right ruka is my chicana so she's from east l.a etc so i went through you know within reason i covered i covered as many heritages as i can within the five so that was part one, but then when I got to each script, writing out the feature length script of each one, I did think, okay, what are they saving, right? Like, what, who are they going after? But really it's, what are they saving? And then you make the villain based on, you know, who, who they're going against. And so my Jalisco is very much based on, not, I wanna say my family, but everything that's about me that I grew, was raised with. So my mom danced lo corico, which is why Jalisco dances lo corico, right? My mom, my superhero. That's why Jalisco's a superhero. That one was my easiest one. So I was just like, okay, she has blades. My mom had a black dress, which is why Haleska has a black dress. You know, like there's very like things that I know. My grandma's name is Adela, which is the mentor, the old lady. It's Adela, right? Because I know this, my aunt is Rocky. It's my favorite aunt, which is the uh, aunt Raquel or the other Raquel. So we used to call her Rocky. So that's the cute friend that she be friends because my, you know, obviously my, my, what's my aunt. And so she's my friend too. Um, and so like, those are little things that I put in. My grandma's from School. My other grandma's from Chihuahua so that is why she's named Jalisco, and Chihuahua is known for the women of Juarez, which is the femicide, right, because right on that border town of El Paso and Juarez on the Mexican side, that's where they find a lot of the bodies, and so I knew about that since I was small, because my grandma still has family out there in Chihuahua in Texas, and so it's one of those, like, okay, what, this one's, I tell you, my family won within, you know, nothing happened per se, but my family won, and so, like, okay, that is important to me. I can write about it, right, and so that that's what I thought. And I'm like, okay, so so who's in charge of the femme side? The villain, right? So let me create the villain off that. But I always started with pretty much what do you want to say, right? Like what's important? Because they're all going to be superheroes and all superhero stories. You know, origin stories all have the same beats no matter what, which is fine. They do always follow beats, but it's okay. What is the important part about it? They're grounded. And if you can see, they're all really grounded. None of them fly. None of them are aliens. You know, like they're, they're grounded because we're real people and we, need, we don't get saved to females in general. Not just Latinos, but just females, because uh, femicide is females, right? The murder of females. And so it's just that, like, what do I want to say? Like you, like you, you unfortunately haven't heard about it, but I'm glad you have now. Same I grew up with it because I have family from POTUS. You know, so it's a different story. You know, obviously you know, more protection because they had to tell me. But it's stuff like that, like... So I, I'm glad you heard about it, you know, and you read about it, and like here's a digestible story as well, because it's not necessarily preach, because you can't really preach at somebody, but if it's part of a story, you'll understand. And so that was my approach. Um, I wrote it in with each when I was writing out each script.
0: It's a powerful story, and and I was glad that I was, you know, it was brought to my attention. And so many things you were just saying to me, um, I, I loved because, for starters. Um, your mom's your superhero. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, my my father was mine. Um, actually, both my parents were. My my mom was my superhero when it came to, like, being a, a teacher and teaching me reading and writing. Like, for me, the moment she taught me to read, she she gave me that key. I could, you know, always escape. And my dad was just that guy who just, he did everything. Maybe he sucked at it, but he just did stuff. And I was like, how do you just do stuff? <laughs> like, how do you just, you know, work 12 hour days or something ridiculous like that. That was what, what it, you know, identified for me as them being superheroes. When you talked about your mom being a superhero, I was curious w- what qualities of those you you looked up to or that you said, you know, these are the things that when I think of my mom as a superhero, um, they, they come to mind or I remember.
1: Um, pretty much my mom can do anything. Like she's, you know, and like, it's just why I have the mentality. Like I can make a comic, I can do this, right? So I have that mentality because of my mom right, because my mom's, you know, any problem you have, or for me, I always went to my mom, you know, and she's like, okay, let's solve it, right, and so, like, my mom can literally do anything, she can also, she's also very craftsy, and, like, very fine arts, like, she she's, and she can draw, I cannot draw, she can sing, I can't sing, you know, there's, she can play piano and guitar, I can only play piano, right, like, she's, she can do literally everything, Um, and so I saw that growing up, you know, and, like, that's the whole, that's the whole thing, like, Like, if I can do it, you can do it, kind of mentality, but it's absolutely true. Like, that's why she is my superhero. Um, Because it wasn't like, oh, you're a girl, or oh, we can't afford that. Yeah. It was like, sure, we can do it, and we'll do our version of it.
0: And then you also mentioned folklorical, uh, which I'm always worried when I'm trying to speak anything that's not my native language that I just butcher it completely. So if I did, Mm thanks for your understanding um but i was curious if uh if you also uh, pursued any dancing if it was uh you know a tradition that was you know continued by your mom or if that was sort of like one of those things where she was like okay we're doing piano we're doing swimming you know what honey i would teach you dance but we just don't have enough hours in the day between school eating and sleeping or or if that was ever an, an option or a consideration
1: It was I did. She made me practice with her once or twice. I don't dance. I'm I'm more athletic. I'm much more athletic and academic. Um, Dance for me was more on an activity side, like back when I was doing gymnastics or karate. Right. I told you, like I did sports. (laughs) activities. But at that time I was um, or high school, I very much focused on school like I did. I was in AP classes, you know, and all that extra honors and all that extra jazz besides being in sports, you know, beginning and at the end of school and then on the weekends um and so no it wasn't anything that I ever had to do but I also I always went to her shows and like she used to perform at LA County Fair every year with her troupe you know and so like that was a fun because I'd have to watch her performance and then we we, my brother and I were let free to do anything we want LA County Fair you know and then obviously we have the other shows that I had to go to as well but no I never ever danced nor did I want to honestly I'm not really a dancer anyway
0: that's okay. I, I was curious too because I know that uh, in my wife's family, uh, a lot of her relatives, including her mom and herself, uh, they're Filipino, and they have a strong connection also to the other island communities. And a shared one is a shared love of Hawaiian dancing, uh, and and they enjoy doing hula, and they were part of a halal, uh, and they would they would you know practice and it was like a really great community thing some people did it some people did it for short periods of time some people went once some people were lifers so I was I was always intrigued you know how that fits in with others if it's part of your community or part of your family if it's something because some of the boys they do it other ones are like no no and some (laughs) of the girls they want to do it and others they're just like yeah I have three left feet and this simply isn't going (laughs) to work so I was curious also just because so much of your family that you were drawing from when you were talking about writing Jalisco and so many of those great elements. uh, I just wondered then too, I was like, well, all right, let's see if Folklorico is part of that. Um, Continuing on, I'm intrigued by, you know, how you then took this idea from around 2018. And you've got the film part, were you collaborating with anyone else at that time, or was this all a solo project when you were? Um, I did a
1: Kickstarter that? for it for Halle School of the Sizzle, the short film slash is the same. Um, mm. I did a Kickstarter and I got twelve thousand dollars, and so I and I got lots of um, which is really nice. The community, the same everyone bands around. Do they? well all understand the purpose and i got like free gear i got free camera i got free cgi i got like a lot and then free food you know um crafty and um late lunch or catering and so like yeah. saying i was really on top of the 12k and so i'll send you the short film later if you want to see it but it's not it's not for public as of right now um but yeah we shot at the san gabriel mission right because it was supposed to be based in mexico so we're going to san gabriel mission you know obviously i had a dress made as well you know and all the little things and so You know, lots of background and all. It takes place at a wedding. Uh, It's a child bride wedding, and so she goes to save the child from the wedding. And so that's also something that's very um very Mexico, unfortunately, as well. So same thing. It's a slice life. It has nothing to do with the origin story, but that same thing. It goes to it goes within her world of people that she would save
0: this could potentially be a story that you know in a future issue could appear or it's an element that could be part of I can see it as a great opening for the next graphic mm-hmm. novel you know like she's like mm-hmm. hey I'm combating all kinds of problems out here you want to <laughs> know what they are like keep reading you know this is how it gets interesting um yeah. so then you've you've put together this amazing congratulations by the way on mm-hmm. the kickstarter and, and all the success and the, the sort of like bounty that came on top of it that's It's really impressive how generous the community is when they see something that they're like, this is something we want to support. Now, you created that. So, uh, you know, kudos and and Mm -hmm. complete recognition. And then from there, how did you go about when you started looking at the idea of, okay, I want to approach this. I've done my research. Mm -hmm. Single issues aren't working for me. I'm going to do a graphic novel. I'm going to need a team. I can do the writing. But you said you don't draw. And how then did you go about finding was it like I always love the stories about like the rock band kiss putting an ad in the paper for a drummer, you know, someone willing to do anything or how these other stories about how people meet. Sometimes it's just, for example, I was talking with a couple of guys who are doing a comic and one of them said, yeah, this guy comes in, I guess, for an interview and he's wearing to the nines like everything about him is sparkling and the rest of us are like more casual. And he's like, so at some point I started talking to the guy. And then after we realized we both love comics, I pitched in my idea. And that was how our friendship was formed. It was like one of those weird, I was curious about the story behind yours, because you mentioned that except for one person, I believe your inker, no one else had done comics before. Yeah. How did you find this amazing team and, and put together a group that's working on all of these beautiful
1: projects? Well, it wasn't a prayer, cause it to do comics. That's for sure. I was looking for artists um, that understood storyboarding. That understands um, storyboarding is for the most part, because if you come from animation, you have moving stills, right? These are stills that are literally not, you know, not moving, of course. And so, it that part didn't matter to me in regards to their resume. Um, I I knew for sure I wanted females. They happen to be all Latinos, which is even better for me, but you know, it's just inclusion. I'm, I'm a big advocate of equality. And so it's like, name a female comic book artist, Jen Bartel, name a Latina comic book artist, I bet you cannot, you know, and like, that's the problem. And so I can't, de- well, I can name mine, but I can't otherwise. And that's the problem. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I went, honestly, I went online, I'm a big social media person, right? Because I come from marketing, social media is marketing. And so you look up hashtags, and like, I researched, like there's hashtag women who draw. Right. And so it's all the people that are all females that draw within the world, which is really amazing. And so I saw so many cool art styles and I started saving for myself my tone board. I was like, I like this style, you know, um, and a lot of them lent more towards anime. And then, you know, so then like the Nickelodeon and like Cartoon Network, I don't, that's not particularly me because that's much more guy skewed. But the bigger eyes and Disney and anime, absolutely. Right. Which is why they look like this. They look Disney and anime put together. And so i made my tone board and i started saving people that i liked right like and i started writing them i cold wrote them um and i look anywhere like i obviously instagram was my main one because that's all visuals um based on women who draw and women who illustrate i think are the two the two ones and then i found one girl and she was here and she's latina and i wrote her and i said hey do you want to meet i'm doing a comic book a superhero comic book latina and she said, yeah. So we met, I took her out for lunch. And I was like, hey, do you want to be a penciler? And I told her my whole idea, right? My five books or six books, rather, five origin stories and the team book. And I was like, do you want to be a penciler? And she's like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, it's really funny because, like, she could have told me no via email. But anyway, I took her out to lunch and she told me no. And I was like, okay. And then she's just like, but I'll be your colorist. Which is so nice, and I was like, "Great! I'm glad she knows what she wants," because I did not know that that wasn't going to be my follow up question. <laughs> um, and she's like, "And I'll give you a tweet because I have X amount of followers on my Twitter, and they're all artists." And I was like, "Great!" And so she put Latina creator looking for Latina artists for Latino superhero. Drop your parts, you know, and like, and I got sixty people. And so I went through every So she gave me the link, of course. And so I went through every single one of those people and I looked at whatever they put, whatever the port was, whether it was DeviantArt or Tumblr or their own portfolio, like website and Instagrams as well. I always go to their Instagrams, you know, and so that, and then I went through there and I found every single person afterwards from there.
0: Wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a really great network story. I mean, yeah. I love the research involved, but it, it sounds like, you know, <laughs> making the right connections turned out to really pay off. Yeah. Um, so from that you were able to build all the teams for each one of the books. Uh, is there is there a bit of carryover? Are there a few who are working on one book who or is, is everyone working on each book? Is there a little bit of differences in the team from book to book?
1: So there, is, there are differences just because I have more than one book going. So I need more as artists just because sure. of time-wise. So I, like I was saying, like Santa and Loquita are the same artists because Eva Cabrera is absolutely amazing and she, she's great, right? She's on it. Like she does the Archie comics, she does Kim and Kim. Obviously, she did mine. She did me the favor and did mine. And so, <laughs> um, so like she, she carried over and then thing, like both my pencils carried over. So Eva Cabrera penciled Loquita y Santa and then Amanda Juliana Gonzalez did Jalisco and she's on Duca right now based on their schedules. And then because I have Bandita going, I needed another penciler, right? Because I couldn't use them again. And so I got, a fa- I got a new penciler and from after my first school, my first set, everybody referred me to extra ones. I just said, oh, here's my friends, you know. And so they gave me different people's Instagrams. And so I said, I reached out, Cole, and I was like, hi, you referred by da-da-da. Um, and that's, you know, the same pitch over and over. And they say yes or no, whether pencil or ink or colorist. My letters is the same for all of them. So that's my friend here. And that's Little Romero. And then um, for school, one of my colors, so I have three colors, those were all friends. She also colored uh, Santa. And so something, and then they just refer you like, they're like, oh, I'm too busy because I'm doing this, which is fair and good. I'm glad they're busy. Then I go and find a new one. And so I have three books or I have three books, four books going right now. I have the Ruka, a la Bra- I'm looking at my books here. I have Ruka, I Brava and Mexica. So that's my other one. That's my princess series. So I have three books going right now. Ruka, Ruka Bandita, I have four books. I like Ruka Bandita, I Brava. And then I have my Mexican, my princess series and that's uh, Mexica. So I have four sets of artists um, all working on different ones right now.
0: Wow, so in total how many artists would you say you've worked with through the process up to this point?
1: Well right now we're on seven books and so seven we'll say seven at five so 35 at least.
0: That's quite a community to draw from in the future. I mean I love the idea that not only is everyone else busy on other projects but that if they are too busy. They have a great recommendation that you can follow up with. Um, yeah. and you have that, that sort of option of going, Hey, I've got this pool now that I can reach out to because there's a chance someone can help me here, but can't help me later. Or someone's got a nice break in their other schedule. They've got a chance to work out with me for a certain period of time. And, um, I have a feeling your pool is only going to continue growing mm-hmm. because from what I've seen from your social media, you've been out there um, making connections. You even recently appeared, uh, I saw on not only the local news station around here, which is the ABC7, but also I saw you were having a uh, conversation with an elected official as well. Can you tell me how you know that conversation got started or how it was that you guys were able to connect and then sit down and, and meet yeah. together?
1: because of Eyewitness News 7, because I was on one of their segments, the next day somebody found me uh, and they wrote me, I think via email, but they found me, I guess they went through my website, they found my email and she wrote me and she's a representative of Jimmy Gomez. And so he's our house representatives uh, on the federal level, level uh, for California. And so uh, so I got to meet him and I got, let me look, it's called Certificate of Recognition. And that was really nice. That's really, you know, it's, it's an honor. Um, so I'm just lucky. And so it was really fun and cool. But I got that. And then I had the Telemundo, I believe, in September, because I have School in Spanish coming out. So I pushed her because they found me as well because of Eyewitness News. And then earlier this year, I had Spectrum News. And then I went to Fresno and I got Univision, which is the other major Spanish channel. Right. So, yeah. Um,
0: I did actually see some postings mentioning um, the Spanish Loquita, right? And. Uh, Jalisco sorry thank you Um, and because I'm trying to picture what it was that I saw and I felt like I I saw a pretty interesting like setup Um, so tell me more about what's going on with that how much you can tell and um, what you're going to be sharing uh, you know later it sounds like in September.
1: Yeah, so Jalisco in Spanish is the exact same story as Jalisco. Like, it's the same thing. The only thing that's getting translated is, are the words.
0: We're going to take a quick break to pay some bills with the following ads and then bring you right back to our conversation.
1: So, okay. um, so the panel's thing and mean, the artist doesn't change. The panel's nothing changes except for the lettering itself because we should have, I should have a Spanish one. I'm, I got asked that since school came out last year, or late last year, late, like, two years ago, excuse me, 2019. Everybody asked me for a Spanish one because she actually, because it takes place in Mexico, which should be in Spanish regardless. Um, and it's femicide, same thing, which is very, very, mujeres de Juárez, it is a very Latin America, including Mexico thing. Um, we have it here as well. We have it in Canada with the Native Americans um, because there is a horrible femicide with them as well. But same thing, femicide, you know, mujeres, women of Juárez is known, is Mexico. And so... Um, So it's important to have it. And same thing, a lot of people have asked. And so that's why I'm doing the Spanish version. Only for Alisco as of right now.
0: Okay. And then you you mentioned that that will tie into something that you're doing with Telemundo in September.
1: Oh, yeah. They're going to to interview me because they're going to interview me a couple of weeks ago. Um, But I pushed them. So when I have the book, I can say, oh, I have a book in Spanish as well, since I'm on a Spanish (laughs) news, news channel. Um, yeah, and then I'll be kickstarting for it, I believe in a few weeks, right now we're getting set up, but we're going to do a kickstarter crowdfunding for it to pay for the printing cost.
0: Please make sure I have links for that so I can include them in the liner notes and anybody who wants to be a part of supporting that can, you know, get themselves uh, all the info they need and figure out what their pledge level is and all that. Um, it, it, it sounds like a great project. Do you, do you feel like if things go well and you can time it um, with everything that you also have also moving forward because it's a challenge. You're With Jalisco, it's like you're, you're going back to something while you have these other projects that are moving forward to do the Spanish version. Do you think there will be an opportunity to do Spanish versions for the other books you've already written or is it going to be difficult going in two directions at the same time?
1: I can. I, my letterist is amazing. So Sandra's the one that's also she's the letterist for all of them, and so she's supposed to be on Ruka, but I slid School in right now, and so she's working on School <laughs> for the next like few weeks, and then she goes back to the Ruka, and then she goes Bandita, then Aladrava you know. And so like she's working overtime. She's 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 great. Uh, me, honestly, that's not like I'm going backwards because I'm not doing anything. I just have to make sure check the pages, you know, because I'm the editor, so I'm proofreader proofreader. But other than that, like. I'm not working necessarily harder. She is, obviously, she's going to pay. But like, she is definitely working <laughs> double time. Um, okay, yeah. I got another letterist, maybe or translator slash letterist. Um, but I'm not there right now. Right now, I'm like, okay, cause same thing. When Druka, Bandita, La Brava, Mexica, they're all going to hit me, and that's just money out, of, you know, out of the account back to them. So I gotta. I got
0: to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. No, that's where I thought the juggling would have to happen in, in some way, either financially, creatively, or, or something else. But I think it's great that you will have Jalisco Spanish version available soon. And I, I think your timing for uh, Telemundo is brilliant. You know, it's like, yeah, it'd be great if we could talk now, but all I'm going to tell you is something's coming. Why, yeah. why don't we actually get together when I have the thing to show you? And, and this way, you know, people can go out and find it instead of waiting and maybe forgetting in the meantime, because. People have great attention spans, and then they don't. <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> As you said, this past year, most of us are ready to go, what? That was like a mm-hmm. big, long nap. Maybe a lazy day, and just uh, compress it there. Um, tell me more. You know, The thing that I love is that you're, by starting out with five heroes, you're initially creating a world just from that concept, because of so many different elements you're going to be showing. Mm-hmm. Are these worlds connected in any way? Is there a chance that characters storylines will overlap for particular reasons because of where they are, what they're um, fighting for, and who they might end up working with? Is, Is there an opportunity for anything like that? Do you see this branching out into becoming something like your own Marvel or DC where it's like, so, I've got universe and universe, and then sometimes we have crossovers, and and this could get as big as a web as I can, you know, stretch out there.
1: They absolutely can. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not there right now, but for A La Brava, like, or the whole series of A La Brava, like, because you read Loquita, you know that she grew up with Jalisco as a hero so when you see ala brava like the sixth one the sixth book when she sees her she's like starstruck because that is her hero her childhood hero right and so like you have seen like that's why she has the doll and she has their dress or um her bed cover is Jalisco, right? Like, and so it's just in there in case you see it. If you don't, it does not matter, you know, because eventually you'll catch up to it on the sixth book. So there's a little thing, if you, oh, Ruka is not out yet, but Ruka gets given a Jalisco doll, you know, and same thing, you don't, and she doesn't know who it is because she does, she doesn't, you know, she's older, she doesn't know about Jalisco. So there's little things these people have met prior, so they already know each other on the sixth book. Now, in regards to when they're crossing over, they absolutely can, and I think that's really fun. The princesses series are a little bit more, they're more fantastical. My these are very serious because of the subject matters are very serious, and so they're very grounded for that matter. But the princesses are not serious, like there isn't because they're princesses, and you can't kill and you can't fight, you can't do anything because you're a princess. You you're you're smart, you have to do it a different way, right? It's more strategic. And so like Mashika she's technically, she's from way back when, like in the 1500s or 14 and past, but my other princesses, you don't, I don't know. There's going to be one in space, one in water, and then one is going to be a witch, um, a princess of the witches, you know, and so I haven't written any of those out because right now I'm writing Highly School 2 out or v 2 as I call her. So, and then um, Santa v 2 and Lokita v 2 are other writers. So that's, those are more, those are the ones that are going, but they're not at art stage yet. And so, they will cross and I do have another universe that's the Latina universe, um, which I have not started yet, but I do know two of the heroes and so Latina means male and female and non binary. So it is a very inclusive group. Um, and those are going to be more on the, it's a different thing. They're different outlooks. They're not grounded. They're very um, much more kind of like invincible kind of in that sense. I don't think they're going to fly because I'm aware of people flying, but they're they're going to be much more on um, like the Deadpool type, anti hero type side. I have not written any of those out yet, but they're very fun in my head. There's the two that I have in my head that I already, I already know what their powers are. So I'm not going to tell you, but, um, when I get there, cause I won't start till next year. Cause I'm so, I mean, I have my, my list of writing that I have to do. So that's the answer is yes, they will cross over, but I'm not there at the point where they're going to cross over yet. Cause I'm still establishing the universes.
0: I, I love the, <laughs> the thinking. And I love the fact that, that along the way, like, for me, I came in with Brava. That yeah. That's my introduction. But I'm hearing more about the princesses who I actually have almost no knowledge about. It's just yeah. not a part of it that I've looked into. So I'm learning more about that. And then it's almost like, like it makes me want to keep asking more questions because mm-hmm. it's almost like you're like, well, if you want to peek back over here, I've got this other universe I can tell you about. <laughs> and there's some characters. I'm not going to tell you the powers yet, but you are you know, just giving enough teasers. Anybody listening is like, are you serious? What, what else is there? And um, so I love that. I also love that. So I'm, I'm a writer and I've been working on a novel and other projects. And I remember once when I was sharing the novel with my committee and like, hey, this is my thesis. This is what I'm working on. And the one teacher was like, so explain something. And I'm talking to him and he's like, so it sounds like, can you go into your world and just sort of tell me what at any moment. And I was like, sure, let's let's like walk into this scene. And I'll tell you what's happening around us. And as you were talking about how they are in your head, I started to wonder like uh, whether it's a uh, Sherlock Holmes kind of mind palace, Benedict Cumberbatch thing, or if, um, and everyone's got a different one. You know, everyone has this way of like entering. So I was curious about how often you step into that world. For me, it's usually when I'm doing something mundane. Like I'm washing dishes and I'm like, so I think with this one, or if I have to do mow the lawn. Something I don't enjoy doing where I'm like, I know how to mechanically do this. So my brain starts to do that. While I like, I, I'll kid you not, it reminds me that as a kid, I would mow the lawn and I would remember funny things or stories I wanted to work on. And I would have this big cheesy grin on my face and my parents <laughs> would be like, what is wrong with that? My sister would tease me. Like you have the biggest grin when you're, I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about something totally different at that moment. And I don't care that I'm mowing So I was curious about when you go into your world, because I think any creator, any artist, writer who's listening is going to enjoy hearing your experience and how it's similar and both different to how so many of us go. Yeah, there's this thing I see. There's this place I go. What's your world like when you go to it?
1: So right now, the super, the Latina superheroes are my back burner. So they don't, I don't think about them if they come to me and I think of, because they're all going to be very different on something that we haven't seen, right? I've seen much more on the Latina and the Latino world, but it's not something that, you know, it's not going to be Jubilee. It's not going to be X, you know, Wolverine, like they're not going to have like really weird claws you know just dumb stuff but they will they will be very fun because i there this is more my fun my humorous one right latin princess is cute superheroes are very grounded and bit serious you know they all have their own different world and flavors but the, when i need to start thinking of like a to right because i write i come from scripts so i still write my scripts out first and then i do the rough storyboards and then the artist makes them into legit you know storyboards and pages um i I just put her, I just put the person in my mind, whoever they are. And then um, generally when I'm driving gent- or laying down, like right before going to bed, like when I'm like, kind of not necessarily doing something mundane, but in that sense, when like, it's just really just rotary kind of skills, like or just doing nothing. Um, my mind will continue. My mind continues all the time. My mind's always playing no matter what, but when I'm driving, cause you don't need much to do when driving. So my mind will go, which is great. So whenever I have to do longer drives, which is this like long beach drop off more comics, but like my mind will start figuring it out. And then I talk to myself in the car, of course, with the music on, you know, but it'll start figuring it out. I'm like, okay, so like Jalisco V2 is the one I'm on. And I can't go until I figure out what the, what she's going after, right? So what the arc is. So what like elder abuse might be one of them because it hurts me. You know, so I'm trying to think like same thing. all the, all the five first, cause she's are the serious ones. So what hurts me? Femicide, immigration, that's ice. Uh, so it's gun control within the school and teen suicide, trafficking, domestic violence, they go back dark. So it's like, what haven't I covered yet? And my two writers are also covering the ones that are doing B2s. They are, they chose their topic as well. So once I figure out what the arc is, or I'm mean, what the, the problem is, per se, the social justice issue, then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I already know there's going to be a curandera. I already know there's going to be a daughter of the curandera. Like, I already have some beats because it makes, because of, I wrote A La Brava out. And so Jalisco V2 happens before Ala Brava, the team, when they meet as a team. So I know how she has to end up, which is fine. Uh, and I'm not gonna tell you, but I know how she has to end up because of what happens to her in V2. And so I know how, kind of like the ending, I know that. I just have to know what the little social justice part is. And then of course the story to it. And so that's where I'm on, but I'm not there yet because I'm finishing up a pilot for Republic of, no, uh, Mass Republic. And I'm also pitching Warner Brothers right now for a La Brava series in writing. So, you know, I tell you, my brain's all, all, all over. I have like a bunch of tabs open in my mind. And so it's just like, I'm on this tab right now, you know? And so like, that's fine because the writing one, I can, I write fast and I'm, I'm ahead in comparison to my artist, right? Okay, Cause they have four, 4.5 books are going right now. And so it's not, you know, I'm definitely ahead but I do need to finish eventually or start eventually Hally school B2 and then go back to all the princesses like oh five of them or four of them I guess four of them now and so that's where I am but I, I mainly do it when I drive is my answer
0: <laughs> gotcha no um I also love that when you were talking about Jalisco. I reminded that yes I did love when I was reading Lakita the, the the sheets and just a couple of these little moments where I was like that's that's Jalisco." just <laughs> dropped right in there Just. Lovely little touch and, and how later, you know, we'll get to see them as a team. I, I also loved what you were describing about you know, when these ideas come. Um, I think it's always sort of fun for anybody who's listening to this, because that's the whole point of why I try and talk with creators, writers, writers and artists. There There's something that almost all of us connect with when it comes to that idea of someone says a word and everybody hearing it has a different idea behind it based on how they enter into that concept. So you say story, and just put it in front of a group of people and writers, artists, those who work in film, those who work in a myriad of mediums from painting to everything else are gonna picture something different. And they're also gonna have a process of how they engage with that. Like, some people won't think stories are linear. They don't think they have a beginning and an end. You know, they think the idea is it's either connected to emotion and that's how you traverse a story or or other ideas behind that. Sometimes color is a story. So I I loved hearing your process. And I think anyone else listening, um, I know I did, as you were describing, I was like, yeah, okay. So I don't feel as bad about zoning out when I'm driving and I'm not dangerous per se. I'm simply (laughs) allowing myself to enjoy thinking about something. That's certainly more enjoyable than driving just happens to be that way. So you're, you're, you're building this universe. You're, you're pitching to Warner brothers. Is there a, is there a destination? Is there a horizon? Is there a place you're looking towards as you're working on this? Because what I, what I love so much is that in each of your stories, there's an intention. Um, one of the things that caught me with Boquita was two things. One, um, in like the first page, maybe by the second, she's in, in the eyes of the world, a woman in that moment. Right. And it happens in a very public setting, and <laughs> in a very awkward way. And immediately, it's like, I remember this great writing scene where someone was writing and they said, yeah, all of her friends are in the water and she can't go in. Something happened this morning and she can't, you know, go swimming in the water with her friends. And I remember it took my teacher to point out what the importance was at the time. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I totally get what's going on here. So you you start with that idea of it, but then you use that as a process that also moves through this story about facing fears, unlocking, you know, parts of herself that can, you know, address uh, magic, Spiritual creatures, what she can do about that, and then through that, so much of it is about this very heightened, triggered moment, which is, you know, not to get too, you know, cutesy with the language here, but trigger in regards to a school shooting, and and how so much of that is coming about. Um, I think I'm captivated by that, and then I wonder, okay, so as you're doing that in each one, you said you've written out alla brava, you've mm-hmm. you've seen them coming together as a team. When you're looking at all of this where are you guys headed what do you what do you see as being like the the place that you're striving towards or a destination that that sounds like a great milestone or or something along those lines like you know as you're building this up do you see a, a direction where you're headed or is it so much about I'm just telling great stories in the moment and what I'm building is something I can look back on later and that's always an interesting thing for me is you know, are people looking ahead and, and this is where I'm going to or are they working on it? And they're like, look, at some point I pause at a summit. I just sort of look back and go, OK, and then they just keep working on it. And I was curious what your vision was like.
1: Oh, uh, no, I am, I'm always reaching for the moon, no matter what. I mean, as long <laughs> as you can see, you can get there, you know. And so I, I want to be the Latina like Marvel Studios. And that's like, why not? So I would like a feature film and the TV series and the dolls and the Halloween things. You know, like here's one of my little costumes that my friend made me because she knows I like dolls. And so like here's little fake plates, you know, and it's just and I have the Funko version saying my friend painted them for me. But it's just that like, why not have all the ancillary and why not have a little kid or lots of little kids and adults dressed like School or Santa or Luchita, you know, or any of them. And so why not have that end goal? Um, and that's it. It's just, why not, be, why not be Marvel Studios?
0: I love it. Um, <laughs> if there's gonna be a horizon, if there's gonna be an intention, if there's gonna be a question to ask and answer, I think why not be Marvel Studios is a great one. <laughs> um, so here's always the fun part for me. After about 45 minutes coming up on around almost an hour, I realized that either I've had a list of questions or I had a starting point, I knew there was some points I wanted to address. And I started writing for my newspaper in my town at 17 and interviewing people. And I I used to think I was getting pretty good at it, but at some point, I don't know when, and I can't think of a moment when I checked myself, but I, I, I think actually I probably just ran out of questions and I was like, so what do you think about something? But I realized there's a value in the unasked question. There's an immense value in the thing that is not in my scope that I'm not picking up just because of my own perspective. I'm coming into this conversation only aware of so much. And there's so much more that you might have that I'm not even thinking to ask about. So this is the part where I turn around and say, if there's a question that you would love for people to ask because you've got the answer, or if there's a question that you're like, you know, one of these days, someone's going to ask me this and I'm going to have this answer just like primed up. Is there a question I haven't asked? Is there an answer you would love to share? Is there something you wish was asked that you could share more about? Because you know, it's just as important to what we've been talking about as anything else I or anyone else might have asked. Does that make sense? Am I on the right track there?
1: Yeah, it's just. your question is you should interview yourself and say it all aloud in your head. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't have any necessarily a question to ask myself. I'm I'm very open and you did a very good job, I think, in, in answering. Like I kind of went through them anyway, and I, you know, I kind of just fear when I speak regardless. Um, but no, I, I, I don't think I have any questions for myself, uh, but if you'd think of one, please let me know and I will answer.
0: I, I will try and come up with more. The, the concern for me is, is, is there something in all of this that I didn't touch upon with a question that you know um, is just as important as anything else you've shared about Alabrava, these characters the story you're creating, the team you're working with. And it's important. And if someone asked it, you would be like, yeah, hey, by the way, <laughs> there's this. So I always like to offer that opportunity as an idea of like, is there anything left to say about Phoenix Comics, a La Brava or any of the great titles we've been talking about today that you would like to add that, that you feel is uh, in addition or a great thing to, to consider when people are checking this stuff out.
1: Um, I, I want to say I'm very grateful for everyone's responses you know regardless if they're Latina or female or not like honestly it's for everyone I do try to write universally like the themes are universal courage is universal right never waste your pain universal I mean, they're very like um is just justice right so they're all universal themes they just happen to be Latina they happen to be female they have to be from the socio socioeconomic level you know and the location they're all very different locations as well so I am as you know I'm a firm believer of equality no matter what I do you know like lokita even has a trans and a non-binary in there why because I can do um like a like a, what is it called when they when they branch off and they make their own right with these two oh. characters sure because, a great spin-off like, or something yeah spinoff thank you and so like um but those are the things i think about like and it's important like those two people they have their they wear their colors one wears trans colors and one wears non-binary colors and that's very important for the people that get it for the people that need to see it right if they yeah. if someone doesn't get it no big deal it doesn't matter it's still just someone wearing clothes you know and like that's the kind of like little extra messages for the people that need to see it to know that they're accepted and they're welcome and like they're not going to get beat up right because you think of a trans person especially a colored trans person like they're all, or you know think of feature and tv they're getting beat up or they're street walkers you know like they're there's something that, how we perceive them but here this person does knows parkour right because why wouldn't they you know and it's the same thing why so my whole thing is always why not or why wouldn't they kind of deal and it's true you know they're they're looking at those friends uh, and they're gonna, you know, eventually branch off and make their own parkour slash MMA um, studio. You know, and like, and that's the fun thing. Like these are little extra things in my mind that if I want to, I have it, but it's whole, it's just about representation, right? Representation on and off the page. Same thing have Latina artist. My princesses are actually um, Latinas and a non-binary now because it's important, right? It's inclusivity because I should include them. Um, and so, and that's the thing like, you know and I always have that in mind. Um, in hopes that other people can also do that, right? Because like, if I can do it, you can do it. And it's absolutely true. I'm like, why can't you do it? You know, like, and if I, and that's always, like I said, that's my mom's mentality um, because you just led, she never told me that, but like, you just lead by example. And then that's, that's what you pick up.
0: See, that's the kind of question I, I didn't have in my quiz. <laughs> that's, that's the, the answers you were giving there are so important. I, I loved everything you were describing about, look, there's, a, there's a, a clue here, and there, there's a way for anyone who's looking for it, anyone who recognizes it, to see it. It's not designed to be something that, you know, um, hey, if you miss it, you miss the story, but it's a part of the story. It's an element. It's a detail. And because of that, it's an opportunity to just sort of pause and say, hey, reader, did you see that? Look, <laughs> you know, this was a great opportunity, you know, for and also, as you described, because of how it's being done it's not a um, stereotypical version of how a character is perceived more often in other media. It's not something that's um, over the top or um, in any way saying, well, if this is is something we're going to bring to your attention, it's going to be brought in this very extravagant way. It's a subtle nod. It's a, if you see this, that's why it's there. It's there for you and for anyone else who's looking or sees it as well. And, and that's something I don't think I would have figured out how to uh, phrase in a question, but I <laughs> love the way you described it. <laughs> you. My pleasure. And I love the description of the, the universe. Know that I'm pretty sure based on the stories you're telling, I'm going to want to have you back on. I'm going to want to uh, continue our conversations and, and talk more about what's happening with Alabrava Brava, Phoenix Comics and some of those things you've been teasing about that you might have more to share at, at a later date and i know i'm not the only one i know there's a chance that people are out there going so i want to talk to this person and i would love to follow up with them or um you know in any way be a part of what you're working on either as a writer as an artist um a- as a support like you were able to get from so many great gifts on top of that kickstarter for the uh, the short film so Is there a platform that you prefer people reach out and, you know, make a connection with you uh, where you are most often to be found or or something like that, that you would like to share at this time so they can know, hey, this is, she just said, why not, right? (laughs) So why not, if you have something that you want to talk to Caden about, reach out to her here. Is there a particular place you'd like to direct them to?
1: Yeah, Instagram, um, at Latina Superheroes. So Latina Superheroes, all one word. You can always IM me. I do check IMs. Um, so um, yeah, you're more than welcome to write me and please follow as well, if you don't mind.
0: Perfect. And, and I love that that's one of those last things that really stuck with me, the why not? You know, because there's also, um, there's something that seems to, for me, go with that, which is if, if you know what that means, why not? And here's the other question: Why aren't you? I mean, <laughs> if someone's saying to you, "Why not?" and you're nodding and saying, "Yeah," well, that's step one. <laughs> step two is to take that that understanding, you know, that support that someone's offering, like you just did, and go, "Okay, so do something. Whatever it is, the thing that you you know are looking to do." And I think that's a message that anybody listening is going to really find themselves um, connecting with. Because I know as soon as you said it. I was like, yep, I don't even know how I could have asked a question to bring that up. But the fact that she just said it, I can imagine any creator because wherever point you are in your work, it helps to be reminded that someone who's doing all the great things you are is turning around and saying, I'm not saying you can't do this. I'm not saying that there's something that I did that you can't do. In fact, what I'm asking is why not? And why aren't you? Caden, thank you. That was awesome. I couldn't have figured out how to end on a better note and it's okay with you. I'm going to stop our recording so we can chat for a minute before we. End.
1: Absolutely. Thank you again.
0: Hey, my pleasure. And that brings us to the end of an amazing conversation with Caden Phoenix, where we cover everything from why it's important to jump into the deep end and also why it's so valuable to ask why not. And if you don't have an answer, well, then it's okay to say, well then, why aren't you? I really enjoyed every aspect of this chat. Please check the liner notes for all the great ways to get in touch with Caden Phoenix and learn more about Phoenix Comics and the universe, otherwise known as Alabrava, Brava, and so much more in store.